0: hey how everybody doing this is dante and i'm dominic and welcome to another edition of the hoop map podcast aka inside hoop maps uh you know it's been a while but you know i want to bring you guys some insight and you know dominic we've been on some real kind of been quiet lately but we've been doing some very important things over the last couple months you know if you want to expand on you know what we've been doing you know it's all yours yeah yeah so lately we've been work i've been working on a project called project home court um co-founder and executive director nick Hastings. is his project he has like a stem program called scholars playground and called uh square root academy where he get you know young middle-aged kids up into stem and he uh said he had a project you know that wanna beautify basketball court so i'm like yeah i'm all in for it and that started a few months ago like back in like february march january and uh our very first court went up this past uh few days ago, I uh, picked it out, CV Circle. And the whole process of getting the court, you know, approved is crazy. Yeah, so tell me about that. You know, for all our listeners out there that, wanna, that see Instagram videos of people beautifying courts, you know, just let me know the whole process. Because it's not just simple going out with a paint bucket and just going over a court. Tell me the whole process from start to finish of how you guys source out the court, how you guys find it. How you actually picked the day where volunteers came out and actually painted the court. Yeah, so picking a court is actually through preference. Take. So through Project Home Court, we want to identify uh, pretty much urban areas, uh, like uh, areas where there's high intense of uh, you know, African-American community, uh, historic neighborhoods. So we decided on three areas, Del Paso Heights area, the downtown CV Circle Projects, and also Meadowview. This is all in the Sacramento area in California, right? Yeah, we're talking about Sacramento, California. These are okay. three neighborhoods. Uh, one neighborhood we didn't get, it was Oak Park. But uh, those are the three that we want to start with. And to get approval, to get a paint... Uh, so, first thing first, got to get permission from the city. And it's not like how we're getting a basketball court or baseball field. You go down to the city and get for a permit, right? That's one part, but it's a, a step further than that. you got to see the... City council members uh, who represent that district and kind of kind of propose that idea, so it's kind of on the lines of if I to create a new business I want to create a new soccer stadium or something like that it's kind of on a very small level uh, uh the same approach to it I meaning you have to write them let them know what you're doing can we get your support because if you get the support of the city council member everything else will fall in line whether it's the uh the people that runs uh, any type of organization that it's on because a lot of these courts, is on community centers. So it's one thing to go to the community center, say, hey, I want to check out this court. It's another thing to say, I want to do a change for the court. So that's where it comes in line. So once you get the council member on board, I mean, we got to give ourselves like a three-week, four-week uh, lead time okay. for them to get back because they're pretty busy. But uh, once we get that on board, Then we could be like, all right, uh, another thing is picking out the artists. And you kind of got to do that simultaneously. Picking out the artists. There's not a big, huge demand of basketball court artists. Because that's a different landscape. That's a different canvas. You know what I'm saying? So the most similar artists of what we're looking for are muralists. Okay. People that, you know, paint on walls, paint on buildings, paint large, large type of um, surfaces. Okay. But a lot of these mirrorless um, more than likely be their first time they're you know painting a mirror on a basketball court on a ground surface. Right. So this I mean it's different materials. Uh, you're talking about cement instead of wall like it's so the, the paint uh, supplies is a whole other thing too. I guess I can get into that later, but it just just know that it's gonna be uh, a new situation for them. Okay. But, so let's, just to recap. First thing you do, is go to city council, get their support. It's about three or four week turnaround. Just to get back to you. After you get that support simultaneously, you want to pick out a mirror list that's actually going to make your design. So that, yeah, I'm assuming that's about three or four weeks too to kind of sort out what kind of mirror list you want or more. So I'm just trying to you know keep everything in order. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about like a month minimum for each process of just discovering that, right? Okay. Uh. So say say we got the mirrorless now. So and what we're trying to do is three of them. So we picked out three artists uh and then the three areas is three different council members but the one thing about one one court uh it was on a property on a housing development so cv circle is in uh, the projects of sacramento and it sits up in a neighborhood like up in a you know so that's not that's not only city owned but who controls that is the shra which is like the housing resident sacramento housing residential association right so, so you have to get their permission as well. We got to go to that body and get that. Yeah. Get so that let's permission. say, for example, if it's is not a housing development, say it's a community center, it'll be a similar process. You have to get the community center no. approved? So with the community center, cause like one of them is the Pinell Community Center. Yeah. That falls over. So you got to go above them to the council to the the district council member. Got you. Okay. Because it's a city-owned property. So another aspect of this, right? If it's not city-owned, if it's not school-owned. Then you're talking about private loan. Okay. And that's by far would be the easiest route because you just talk to that one said business owner, yeah okay. or name with the council member, with the, something that city or school owned, there's a a, a lot of people that you got to prove. So going back to the SHRA, right, the the fastest one that we got up, which is the CV Circle, is because there was pretty much one person you had to talk to, which was in the SHRA who controlled that area. So it was kind of like an owner, but it was like more... Just less people you have to talk to. Okay. So I have to get the approval here, I'm like know the artist, know the sketches, uh, what is it actually going to be painted on the court, uh, how long it will take. You know, got to get insurance for the people that's going to actually participate. Anybody get injured on their property and can be liable. So like that's one thing. And then if you t- want to talk about the city, like the other two processes, you gotta get approval from the council member itself the um different community representatives in that community it's just like three or four people that kind of got to get approved they got to approve the artwork got to approve the time they got to approve uh yeah uh uh, just a, a couple things so after after you got the approval from the shra person then you was free to go to pick out a date and actually go and participate like, after that approval was done, was that all the red tape that you had to do in order to paint? And we just had to make sure, you know, liability insurance. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, after that, yeah, it was it was go time. All right, so then, all right, so now, all right, so we know what it takes. So, you have to pick out a mirror list, you have to get approved from the people. Now, let's talk about the actual paint day. So, you got the mirror list, you got the design, everything's approved. Then, what's the logistics from... Having the artist go on that day and having people volunteers—is there a, a such thing where you need to get it done in one day? Do you need to get it done over a course of a week? Like what timeline scope of it of getting a design done? All right. So for the artists right, uh, they almost always do their work um, by themselves, right? Yeah. Because it's their artwork, right? So it's fine tuning. It's their their piece of work. So when we. Added the volunteer aspect of it, it makes it a little difficult. So what the artist had to do is before we actually lay in paint and help out, he had to sketch out the outline. Okay. And he had to do that three days beforehand, and all the intricate parts he had to make sure he um, got all that prepped up um, beforehand. The actual paint day itself, it took it took us an hour to get it done. We was pretty much just filling in the lines. What? How many volunteers? You'll say. Uh We did we did what eight six six to eight people okay and it was a basketball court which is like 350 square feet uh one thing about that paint day was fighting the sun it was supposed to be a record high of like 114 that day started at eight o'clock we got done around nine thirty, 30 10-ish uh but all the intricate parts because it was like some intricate parts like in a you know half court area the artist himself filled in we didn't touch it was more of the big blotches of color that we did, and we just did the kind of outline part of it. So the whole thing is, and then I didn't notice about paint too, right? It's on the ground. So mm-hmm. we can't paint and uh, walk over, you know, the court because we're painting in green and another section is is purple, and then we walk over there, that, that green is going to get on that purple. Right. So it's like um, just a little nuanced stuff about painting. That I didn't know. Like, you just got to make sure that, when you're painting a section you got a way out you know what i'm saying you don't want to paint yourself in a corner where you possibly could step over uh you know the paint into somewhere else and then another big thing too that i didn't know is either all the stuff that's not supposed to get painted mm-hmm. so outside of the court if we walk on there that's paint right so the paint will stay there so we don't want to put footprints on there that could be a lasting effect so you know we had tarp on the ground to make sure we walk on it um to like kind of clear off the feet we we don't really want to kind of leave a mess uh, that's going to pretty much stay there so we want to make sure that the baseline didn't have any excess paint on it we want to make sure that you color within the lines and the big thing is uh, we didn't want any extra work that the artist had to do because once he paint once we did the volunteers to paint he'll have to go over it and you know fill in the lines that's close to the border to make sure it's good. so we want to make sure that all, when all of the supplies of paint is utilized right because, you know, there there is a budget of how much paint to be used per section. So we didn't want to overuse his materials if he had to do it like a little fill-in and have no mm-hmm. paint. So we want to kind of be conscious of that and we want to make sure that it was just enough where he could do minimal work to finish up his project. Okay. This is some great insight. So, like, say, you know, one of our listeners, anybody that played basketball, they want to get involved, or they, they see a court in their neighborhood, like, say it's privately owned, maybe it's a private center, like, w- what advice would you give them to getting the process started, like, and then also, there's something that you might want to explain or might have some knowledge about, what would the cost be, you know, if you want to get a full court painted, like, how much would it cost to get it started if somebody want to do it themselves? Yeah, well, I know, you know, with Project Home Court, I know mm-hmm. with Who Maps, we want to it out everywhere so i think the best bet is if somebody knows someone who owns a private property which is outside like a plot of like court land and stuff and they want to you know get art done that'll be the most quickest way to get it done and then uh the artist itself you know murals is anywhere between five to ten thousand dollars to to get it done so that's around the same price of a court you know depending how big on it depending how much work it is it's anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars for the artist himself None, including the equipment. So, like uh, the equipment, extra rolls, paint, and stuff that could be tack on another thousand dollars. So, you're talking about anywhere between five thousand to twelve thousand dollars per one court. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. Cause you know, like we we go around, we see these iconic courts. We see the Nipsey Hustle Court in L. A. We see when Adidas and Nikes do rollouts. We see just recently Space Jam. How like the installation well, so all I, over the court. I kind of want to, wanna, those, when you say Adidas and Nike, those are structural changes. So those those are not uh, like murals. Those, those are, are more like, like stages, right? Yeah. So those are like upgrades to court. So those are like anywhere between 40 and 50,000 because they're okay. changing out. So, so one thing that we didn't get to do with this court is like, um, there's like acrylic layer, right? And that's supposed to level out. That's supposed to level out the court, right? So when you paint on it, it's not going to be any type of, like... Um, Uneven yeah, surfaces. Yeah, it makes the surface even. So, what, like, Kaiser Permanente does with the Warriors... When Kevin they Durant. Muscular, yeah. They'll take up the old cement, and then they'll re... re, re uh, repave it. it. Yeah, repave it with nice acrylic, paint a nice new cement. And what you see with those courts is... Those are just brand new courts. Gotcha. You know, with the branding of whatever Nike, Warriors, King. So, those... <laughs> It's a little different. Ours is more art-based. It's, like, more creating. really is, like, rebidifying in court. But, I mean, a mixture of both would be, that would be, like, super-duper ideal. But those, like you mentioned, like, uh, a Kaiser Permanente, which is, like, a hospital brand in California, are, like, a your local basketball team. So, they, they actually take time off. So it's not just, like, a one-day turnaround with them. They actually, you know, put the f- – court under construction and I actually work on it over yeah. a period of time right yeah i mean so like that's the best bet to go too. so like you know project home court is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. uh i say the best bet to go is partner up with a you know organization within a community to do it because you, you definitely like, like i said five to twelve thousand dollars per court that, that adds up so you will want a uh, organization like smud like calpers caltrans like um people to partner up to kind of make that court come to light okay but and and that's bringing up another question so if you do partner with you know one of these business organizations in your community is there any sort of compromise like would they want their name on the court would they want their name on a website how do that compromise the artists and the volunteers and like what do you consider when you partner up with one of those bigger brands yeah so with project home court you know i'm not, not speaking for nick but like just from my vantage point of it um is that he let the artists have full range so it's his own design their own design pin on the court the whole objective of project home court is just to make it beautiful right okay uh, when you're talking about sponsors right yeah they'll want their own interest they'll want smud logo or some kind of quote or Something that that you know they're gonna put their money up that they will like to see that's gonna be lasting in that community, which is understandable. But that comes into play, you know, and it could be a back and forth with the artists They might you know object to it, but whoever pays the money is you got to work for. It, you know, okay. I mean, it it goes to the line of actually when you're talking about like wide open walls, right? When you're talking about that's a program out here in Sacramento that that. For the last few years been building up murals all across midtown and downtown uh the person that's paying for the paint on the wall they dictate what they want in there gotcha so it's not like you can't just put a you know the f the police on on the side of a police building right so like if you're a you know a restaurant you might want to some, something that kind of brings light to your brand so it might be something like uh i don't know like a family eating or something like Something like along along those lines that kind of bring a lightness and awareness to it in like kind of an abstract way so it it goes deeper when you're talking about like the owners paying for it they dictate what they want on there and then the painter paint it you know what I'm saying so okay same thing with the courts but it just it's a little more freer now you know starting starting early but i say eventually like it could be a message behind everything lastly um you know, now actually going through the process and you got two more courts to go, where do you see, you know, because now once you put a mural on a court, you know, it's iconic because they're forever. How do you compare the courts that's like, that just got done in Sacramento to some of the courts around the world? Like we see a Nipsey Hustle court in LA. We see Pagale out in Paris, France. You know, like, do you actually put, Mural, you put them in those categories now and that they're painted over, that they're iconic. Can you see it now being a destination court where people go to and they say, "Well, if I'm in California, I got to go to Sacramento and I got to go to this court because this is mural done." Like, what do you think about the legacy of? A Miro's being put on court. I mean, it's. I think you said it right there. It's iconic, you know. It, like people would want to go to was that it's a middle school up in Inglewood or up in South Central mm-hmm. where the uh, where Nipsey Hussle court is. Yep. people go down to L.A. just to say I, I, I walk that court, you know, because they love Nipsey Hussle and they've seen it everywhere. So when we put these courts in these neighborhoods, now you're talking about all right, people that might not have no interest in that neighborhood saw that court on who map saw that court on on sacred hoop page and they want to come visit and play there or we'll create a tournament just because it's a new art you know on that court and people want to come play so it definitely lines up with the murals of all across the nation i think that's the point of it i mean that's that's the beauty of it like we putting them in certain neighborhoods it might bring you know different people out and might Bring a net positive for that neighborhood, you know, because it's something that's unique that's there. Right. And I think that's that's the goal from the start. I think that was the goal of Project Home Court is creating something beautiful, creating something art, and then people could come and admire it and appreciate it. All right. Well, you know, appreciate all the insights. So, if any of you guys are interested in, you know, getting the court painted, you know, I hope. Dominic broke down a step-by-step process of, you know, what it takes to get done. Yeah, I just want to say this, too. So, with Maps, we're partnering up with Project Home Court uh, because we've been seeing courts all across the nation, and we would like to see this project that what we did at CV Circle across all the courts that we see people play at. So, look this year actually for more Project Home Court, Maps courts uh, all across the nation, and uh, we'll start doing a court collector on there so hopefully you know we will create a tournament at cv circle but we'll do like a outside kind of court and i hope that i'll create a new renaissance of play, people playing outside more you know so just oh yeah be on the lookout for these project home court hoop maps courts we could label them we could create like a like a scavenger hunt list of you could play on them all you know something like that but we're definitely going to create more definitely well you know for. Dominic, this is Dante, this is Inside Hoop Maps, you know, I hope we broke down some very inside game that a lot of people don't talk about, and uh, we'll hear from you guys next time. Peace.